Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Tuesday, August 7th. Let's cock a doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the award winning. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed, Spitting Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man and FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scott Angle. Scotty, how you doing today on a Tuesday? Doing, doing good. We're getting closer to preseason games. We're yeah. cooking it up in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package on RotoExperts.com. Check out our 24-7 Slack channel where you can always ask questions to experts like Chris Mitchell, George Kurtz, and myself, and we'll always uh, be answering them for you throughout the preseason and the regular season. Enter the key awesome. check out for a special discount, or El Rey, if you uh, want to get it in Spanish. There you go. I like that. We're being uh, multicultural here and bilingual. Yeah. I also noticed. I also noticed, Scott. I mean, such great content in the uh, exclusive edge package. I noticed that there was going to be a uh, a daily blog entry by the uh, fantasy executive. Yeah, that's brand new for this season. Yeah, exclusive edge fantasy executive text updated daily for exclusive edge subscribers. Fantastic. Will he be talking about more than just America's team? Uh, I think he'll try to get at least one mention in there because he's delusional. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he uh, actually, on his Carton and Friends blog the other day, said that Des Bryant was going to make the Ring of Honor, which I thought was hysterical. All right, well, we yeah. shall see. But if you want to get the insights from the fantasy executive, from the king, and more, do not forget to go on and get the Rotor Experts exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter the promo code the king at checkout. Let me bounce some news and notes off of you, Scott. Some things that, uh, you know, piqued my interest yesterday as it relates to some of the camp news that out, is out there. First of all, we've been talking about this New England Patriots wide receiver situation for a little while, and one of the names that had been in the mix for them, Scotty, is Malcolm Mitchell. It looks like the Pats have thrown in the towel on Malcolm Mitchell. They went ahead and released him. Now, remember, another name we were talking about was Jordan Matthews. He's hit the IR with a significant hamstring injury. Reports are even that they might wind up releasing him as well. Now, we know there's Hogan there. Okay, right, right, Scotty. We know Hogan's there, but outside of that, I'm not. And, and you've talked about uh, some of the rookies. I know you've mentioned and highlighted this kid out of Miami, uh, Braxton Berrios. But between Hogan and Berrios, I see three names, Scotty. I see Eric Decker, I see Kenny Britt, and I see Philip Dorsett. Uh, if we are going to read the tea leaves there, how do you think it might play out with those three guys as it relates to the wide receivers in New England? Uh, it's going to be a tough call because. 
Yeah. None of these guys have really shown us anything that they're going to step up here. I was actually a little surprised by Mitchell being released, but maybe there's something right. else going internally, uh, going on internally, you know, with the Patriots that we just don't see. Jordan Matthews is on IR, so he he's done. He's he's not a factor. Uh, so you know, the guys you mentioned, and there were reports that you know Berrios is now recovering from a undisclosed injury earlier in camp, and that's that's kind of hindered his development. So, you know, I might be a little bit cooling uh, on what I'm seeing okay. there. Somebody's got to got to step forward, though. It's, you know, I don't think it's Decker, really. You know, some people asking me, should they pick up Decker in the dynasty leagues or the, you know, some of oh, the goodness. yearly leagues if they already drafted? And I'm like, not yeah. really. You know, it's not a consideration. They're actually saying that Cordero Patterson it's having mm. a really good camp, and I, you know, I've always thought Cordell Patterson was uh, not fantasy relevant in the past. But playing with Tom Brady, you know, maybe this guy has a chance to become of a sleeper more than Eric Decker or Kenny Britt. Philip Dorsett is strictly a post and flyback pattern guy. You know, maybe this is a team that really needs to go out and sign Des Bryant. Otherwise, uh, mm. even for Tom Brady, you know, this is a challenging situation. Could Dwayne Allen step up and maybe do something? I don't have confidence. They have pass-catching running backs. They still have Gronk, right. and they still have Hogan. Uh, to me, the the, the pass-catching uh, tree right now without Edelman is probably Gronk, Hogan, Burkhead, White, and, you know, then, then we'll have to see. Right. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, they do have, like you mentioned, they do have Gronk, they do have pass-catching backs, so whoever is the answer to this question, right, of who is the number two wide receiver for the first four weeks, whether it is a guy like Britt or Patterson or Dorsett or Decker, remember, it's only a four-week thing because Edelman then will come back, and then, you know, hopefully they can uh, rely on guys like Rex Burkhead, James White out of the backfield, even as Sony Michelle is getting healthy. Hey, Scott, some buzz around otherwise— I would not put a put a pass New England to make a trade for a wide receiver. All right, so we'll see. And that does happen, you know, in training camp as depth charts get crunched a little bit. You mentioned Des Bryant. Remember, we've also talked, you know, although he hasn't found the team, we've also mentioned the name Jeremy Macklin, who's still out there on the street looking for a job. So we'll keep an eye on this situation. But remember, it is only a four-week situation until they expect Julian Edelman to come back off of his PED suspension. Scotty, um, other wide receiver news. I'm seeing wide receiver news in Tampa Bay, Scotty, okay? Um, and I think it's pretty interesting that potentially Deshaun Jackson is moving into the slot. And that's because there is some buzz around, I believe it's, what is it, his third year in the league maybe, Scott? We're talking about Chris second. Godwin. To, second. It's his second year in the league, yeah. uh, Godwin. Because he might be, they're looking at as the starter when there's two wides out there opposite Mike Evans making Deshaun Jackson move a little bit to the slot. We've talked about the Tampa wide receivers as it relates to their uh, quarterback situation in the first three weeks. As we know, Jameis will be out with suspension himself. But um, Godwin, if he's the number two ahead of Deshaun Jackson, everybody knows the name Deshaun Jackson. Talk to me about Godwin and how he's earned uh, kind of maybe a rise up the depth chart. Yeah, uh, if you remember a few days ago, we were talking about my NFC players to watch in the yep. exclusive edge package. You know, Godwin was one of my main guys. Big, fast target, you know, with some separation gear downfield. And uh, I think, you know, Deshaun Jackson's always been overrated, and I don't look for a big bounce back from him. I think he's better suited as a number three wide receiver. And uh, I was saying uh, 
and other people were saying last year that they expect uh, they expect a leap from Godwin this year. And I think uh, we're already hearing that out of camp from people who have been down there. And, you know, this guy is, uh, I think he's turning into a fight, fine late-round gem, and the buzz is starting to pick up. I was talking about him, uh, you know, two weeks ago when I published this. Yeah, absolutely. I take a look at your rankings, Scott, which we can find on the Roto Experts exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at the King with some of the best rankings in the business. Um, what I see right now, though, Scott, number three God, wide receiver last year. All right, wins. so let's talk about these wide yeah. receivers. You know what I mean? Like you have Godwin. It looks like you're higher than most. I'm seeing him as you have him like seven spots higher than the consensus, and you have Deshaun Jackson 14 spots lower than the consensus. So it looks like you're early with it on Godwin, but you do have Godwin already here now as what I'm seeing is wideout 62 and Deshaun at 64. So we're talking about what wide receiver fives here, pretty much in big time leagues. Yeah, I'm going to be moving Godwin up soon, though. Okay. So what, do you think he's uh, – You like, tell me where. Like, right now you have him as at about a wide receiver five, you know, a fifth wide receiver on a fantasy owner's roster. Do you think he's more viable as, say, like your team's fourth wide receiver? Are you comfortable when one of your wide receivers have a buy inserting Godwin in and, as that week-to-week buy replacement? I think he's going to get close to that, that, you know, probably just under the cut. Okay, fair enough. So definitely keep an eye on Godwin. It looks like the arrow is pointing up for him and maybe that uh, sacrifice for Deshaun Jackson. We already know what Deshaun Jackson can do. Scotty, another place where I'm interested in wide receiver news. You know, you've already talked about Des Bryant and where his fits might be. You know, he's going to be still potentially interested in Cleveland. You mentioned, you know, maybe there's a use for him in New England. I have always been talking about Indianapolis as a potential fit for him outside with uh, T.Y. Hilton. But there is so much buzz right now out of this Clemson wide receiver, Deion Kane. okay? He was a later round pick. Um, Talk to me a little bit about Deion Kane because there is opportunity there, Scott, for a second wide receiver in Indianapolis. I know we're both really high on Naheem Hines as a pass-catching option. We know that they're trying to employ maybe the two tight ends with pass-catching when it comes to Doyle and the signee Ebron, who I know you do not have faith in. But they're going to need another wide receiver, and it's trending like maybe it could be Deion Kane. Scotty, tell the, little pe- tell the people a little bit about this Clemson product. Well, you know, there is opportunity there. So... You know, maybe he can step into the role, but he's a six-round pick. You know, he's he's got downfield speed, and he'll fight for the ball in traffic. But he also has all-field issues, and he drops passes. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's something to take note of when you hear this. But, you know, we haven't played an exhibition game yet. He hasn't really lined up against real NFL competition. So uh, I think you have to be skeptical and just put the guy in your watch list. Okay, fair enough. But here's my thing, Scotty. I mean, you know, most people will project Andrew Luck. Let's say Andrew Luck plays 16 games this year, right, which is a projection in itself. But if he's going to throw for 43, 4,400 yards, right, and let's say you even give T.Y. Hilton, I don't know, 1,100, 1,200 yards, like someone has to, like, there is got to be an, an... you know, you give even Jack Doyle, let's say Jack Doyle winds up being in the top 10 as a tight end, right? And he, that's still, what, like 600 yards? There's still a ton of yards out there. Someone else on this roster, some wide receiver has got to wind up with six, 700 yards. And who's it going to be? Ryan Grant? Chester Rogers? It's got to, I mean, like, it could be Deion Kane just like anybody else, right? Well, you know, it could be Chester Rogers. He's in his third year. He's been in this system. 
and we really haven't seen much of anything from him because Luck has been hurt, and they haven't just had time to develop any chemistry. He showed a few brief flashes, uh, but I don't think we can forget about Chester Rogers. I don't think there's any reason to believe that Deion Kane is like, you know, completely and officially vaulted over him yet. So you're right. Uh, you know, and you know, we look at that at New England. We were just talking too. You got to watch these situations because somebody will emerge as an early season waiver wire pickup. We just don't know who it is. It remains to be battled out. All right, fair enough. We'll continue to try to read the tea leaves on that, and we'll be able to start reading tea leaves in the form of preseason games a little bit later on this week. Don't forget, guys, if you want to call the show and be part of the action here, the number to call is 844-843-6879. And, of course, you can always follow us on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds, at Scotty RotoX. Scotty, I want to, I want to build a poll with you. Okay, and and I'm I'm doing it off of news that we heard, and we've talked about these rookie quarterbacks already, Scott. You know, I'm hearing uh, beat writers out of New York saying Sam Darnold has quote unquote a very fair shot, very fair shot to start Week One. You know, I'm hearing uh, Hugh Jackson and Cleveland is saying that he's quote unquote not changing his mind, and Tyrod Taylor is the starter over there. We had a conversation about kind of the Buffalo quarterback yesterday. You know. I mean, Scotty, who do you think is starting quickest? You know, or, or maybe the better way to frame a poll question is which incumbent quarterback do you think can kind of hold off the rookie more? You know, like, do you believe Hugh Jackson when they say Tyrod is really going to just be the starter there? Do you believe that in the Jets that, like, really they're going to let, uh, you know, uh, Josh McCown hold off Sam Darnold? Like, we talk about Lamar Jackson all the time. How long will Joe Flacco be able to hold him off? Like, which incumbent quarterback do you think holds off the rookie the longest? And should we even put A.J. McCarron in the poll? Because he's not really an incumbent, right? I I mean, I think the options are Tyrod. But then again, neither is Sam Bradford, neither is Tyrod Taylor, to be quite honest, right? So, But I want to have a poll out here, which is kind of like, which quarterback do you think gets the reins first of these rookies. But we're hearing, you know, Sam Darnold has a fair chance to start. We're hearing Hugh Jackson is saying Tyrod's the guy. What do you think about, um, you know, kind of which – how would we frame this poll, Scott? Which rookie starts first? Which veteran can hold off the rookie? What do you think? Because we're hearing all this buzz about these quarterbacks, Baker tearing it up, Sam Darnold looking poised. You know, what do you think is going to wind up happening in redraft leagues for these quarterbacks? Well, I I will say – I will say that that Taylor is probably the best bet to keep his job. I believe Hugh Jackson. I believe he can steady this offense. You know, he's not a superstar, spectacular quarterback, but you know he can throw. He can. He's mobile, uh, and he makes his decision making is improved, and he doesn't turn the ball over, which can help this team finally win games. In his entire career, his entire career so far in Buffalo, he threw fifty. 51 touchdown passes, but he was only intercepted 16 times. So he knows how to protect the football, and I don't think the average fan realizes how valuable that is to an NFL team when you're not turning the ball over. So to me, he's he's the best bet. Uh, We all know Bradford can't stay healthy, so he's probably second on the list. And but you know, McCown is a close third to get knocked out because you know Darnold. The Jets are. Uh, they 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 play they play like they they have nothing to lose, you know. Right. They're very aggressive. They play with a lot of passion, 
And I think from an intangible perspective and a leadership perspective, Darnold is the perfect quarterback fit for that team, not just as a player, but also, you know, from the intangible perspective. So that's why I think Darnold's going to start at some point. So I would, yeah. I would say, I would say, uh, you know, Bradford's Bradford and McCown, you, uh, I wouldn't say the leashes are too long, but they could be knocked off the chairs pretty quickly. Yeah, fair enough. And I agree with you, especially as it relates to Tyrod Taylor. Like, this is a guy who takes care of the football. He has the lowest interception rate. I keep on saying it all time in the NFL. And here's the other thing about this, Scott. You know, you talk about how Tyrod does not turn the ball over. That was a very specific need for the Cleveland Browns last year, okay? When they had Deshaun Kaiser literally chucking it up, you know, and turning the ball over. And I think the impact this could have on the Cleveland defense and field position, things like that, are very important. Like, it's not a perfect analogy, but it's almost to me like how the Detroit Lions went out and got LeGarrette Blunt, you know, to fit a very specific need that that team had. You know, they had no power running game. They get one of the best power runners. The Cleveland Browns had a turnover problem at the quarterback position. They get one of the best quarterbacks who takes care of the ball, you know. So I hear you and I like Tyrod. My only problem is Baker was the number one overall pick. So I think the drum beat from the fans and all that stuff may be the loudest for him. But in any event, we talked to our man, Chris Bavona, the manimal who is down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Dilly dilly to him. He's going to be building a poll and putting it up right now on FNTSY radio. The question is, which veteran quarterback do you believe can hold off the rookie for the longest? And the options are Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo, uh, Sam Bradford in Arizona, Joe Flacco in Baltimore, and Josh McCown in New York. I don't think we need to put A.J. McCarron because, quite frankly, I don't know that he's an established veteran himself. As we move along, Scotty, here's what I want to ask you. Um, The Rams and Ravens are playing a preseason game later on this week, and they're doing the joint practices. Um, You know, you hear about that, that teams kind of have the joint practices, that after the first week or two of practice, it's good to finally get out there against other guys and maybe hit them and see someone different across from you, that sort of thing. What do you think about the joint practices? Because I'm a little bit, you know, times you're a little bit concerned there could be fights and stuff or injuries, stuff like that. You know, it's good to maybe get out against and hit somebody new. What do you think about, like, these joint practices that teams do sometimes before the preseason games? Uh... I'm not sure what you're asking. What's there to really think about with joint practices? To regular like, is it a good drill? thing? Like, if you were a head coach, would you do this? Or would you just go to the preseason games? Would you invite another team into camp? Do you think there's benefits there? I think there's benefits because you want to, okay. you know, start running your plays again. I thought you yeah. meant, like, the inter-squad inter- scrimmages. Uh, no, no, I mean, I, like, you know, the Rams and Ravens are facing each other in a joint practice, like the Rams offense, yeah, it, the, it, Ravens, it, it, that sort of stuff. It's it's good to get you know get in the pads and start hitting yeah. and you know seeing what the guys is more experience for young guys etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you want to start running your plays against another team and see how you do uh, especially for young quarterbacks you know I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. And I only mentioned it <clears throat> because the Rams and Ravens are doing this. And so there were two kind of things I wanted to quickly bring up that are, you know, like almost half news and notes, Scotty, one, when it relates to the Rams and Ravens. Uh, When I saw that the Rams and Ravens would be having a joint practice, you know what I immediately thought of? Um, Do you know who Aqib Tlaib's new team is, Scott? Aqib Tlaib? Yeah, the Rams, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know who Michael Crabtree's new team is? Yeah, the Ravens, so. That's right. Do you think... uh, yeah. You think there may need to be some chain snatching patrols out there at the joint practice today? 
Uh, yeah, there could be. Yes. I mean, I watch, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm saying, right? Like, don't they, don't they, uh, you know, this idea of, you know, it's going to get heated then maybe at uh, the joint practice with these two guys. I thought that would be interesting. And the last thing I wanted to say about these teams, Rams and Ravens, is um, – Aaron Donald will not be there on the practice field because Aaron Donald is still holding out. I mean, we've talked about other things like Odell Beckham, maybe, you know, eventually going to get his money. We've talked about Earl Thomas, you know, and his kind of demands of either, you know, extending him or, or, or trading him, that sort of thing. But Aaron Donald could be like the biggest one of them all. You know what I mean? He, and, and here's the thing, Scotty, the Rams are paying other people. You know, they're paying uh, the girly deal. They're paying, and uh, you know, all these guys they're bringing in, the Indomitian Sues, the Marcus Peters of the world, stuff like that. You know, I know they have uh, Jared Goff on deck as well, but they're not paying Aaron Donald, who by all accounts is one of the best defensive players in the NFL and a big piece of that Rams defense. Um, do you have a level of concern at all with these um, Aaron Donald and Rams uh, negotiations? Do you think Aaron Donald will be there week one for the Rams? Uh, I can't say that he will be. I can't make a prediction right. as to whether he will or he won't be. Nobody can see how the negotiations are going to go, but there's a lot more pressure when you get closer to the season and the guy wants to get on the field. So mm-hmm. I think Donald's got a better shot of reporting than Earl Thomas, you know, if you want to compare those two items. But that's still a very strong defensive line and a very good secondary. You know, that Rams defense is still going to be, right. be very good regardless. You know, they've dealt with injury. Injuries in the past and have still had a uh, great pass rush. You know, they keep a lot of guys fresh by rotating them in, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely. Um, the question remains, though, you know, part of why they got Endomic and Sue was to partner him up on that D-line with guys like Aaron Donald, guys like Michael Brockers, and really creating a, a big-time issue for them. So we'll keep an eye out on that. I wind up, I hope that Aaron Donald does get there because, you know, I personally have the Rams going a pretty far away, and a lot of that will be on the strength of their defense. But, Scotty, plenty of ways to join the show. Like I said, we're going to have a poll question up about the uh, veteran quarterbacks holding off the rookies. But at the same time, you could always ask us questions as well. Right, Scotty? And and we had a question from a listener that I thought was an interesting concept that I want to have out there for us. Okay, so Jonathan, big shout-out to him, kind of new subscriber. want to give a shout-out to him as we put the fun and functional sports content at jforte737. He said... He's in a 14-team draft, uh, right? And he's got the number eight overall pick. And someone's offering to swap in the first round from eight down to 11. And then the rest of the deal is like he gives up the eight and goes down in the first round. But then he gives up a 16th rounder for a fourth rounder in return to make up the kind of value of the deal. And he asked us both if you could do that, if, uh, if we would do that. And I saw what you said, but I got to agree, Scott. I definitely do something like that, right? Because for me, number eight and number 11, let's say we're talking running backs. Like it's the difference between probably say like a Melvin Gordon and a Leonard Fournette, you know, or something like that. Or a Kamara to a Dalvin Cook potentially. Like, I'm still at 11 if I want. I'm getting my workhorse running back. And then when I think about the difference between round 16 and round 4, in round 16, I'm taking one of these flyers that we're talking about. But in round 4, if I have another fourth rounder, that's another, like, wide receiver two to me. You know, that's, that's like maybe having D. Thomas and T.Y. Hilton or something like that. And I think the value of having that second wide receiver two or a running back two, let's say,
let's say, far outweighs the gap in like three or four spots in the first round when the person you're getting is still going to be a workhorse. I know you advise Jonathan that it's something he should do. I agree with you. But I'm seeing a couple of trade opportunities and questions like that where it's a small move in the first round and you really make up and get another potential starter later in the draft. You're, you advocate and you're okay with deals like this, right, Scotty? Yeah, you know, usually I don't go out and seek draft day trades because I believe mm. I can draft effectively from any position. Uh, I only did it once. I believe it was in 2004 or 2003. I traded up to get Dante Culpepper because I thought he was going to have this terrific season. And, you know, mm-hmm. he had a pretty good year, but it, it wasn't worth the trade in retrospect. But if somebody's going to offer you a deal like that where basically you're only moving down three spots, but then you're getting a 12-round gain, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, you absolutely need to do that. I agree. Um, so out there, Jonathan, uh, keep an eye out. And we would say pull the trigger on the deal. And when you have an extra, you know, wide receiver two on your roster, it's a good stuff. Let me ask you another thing, Scotty, real quick. I got a question on Twitter because uh, we only got a couple minutes until the break. And then after the break, we'll talk about an article Scotty had on Seahawks.com about some tips to think about. We got new team names and we got new ones coming in right now, Scotty, that we're going to be nominating today as well from our guy Tyler Bryson, who, by the way, is in our top five already. So we'll be yeah. checking in on that. My question for you, Scotty, is I got another question. Um, a guy has like a dynasty league already. You know what I mean? And is already keeping Devontae Adams, already keeping T.Y. Hilton, uh, Shady McCoy, and Zach Ertz, right? And then he's wondering who he should draft. And I'm saying in this situation, if you already have your wide receiver one and wide receiver two, then it's kind of like letting the draft come to you. Then maybe it is okay to start prioritizing other positions based on the positions you already have from your keepers. Is the, do you agree with that? Like if someone's keeping like three wideouts and a tight end, then you're okay going all running back in your draft, right? Yeah, because, you know, when you're looking at keepers, I want to have my anchor at every position. I'd rather right. take have a running back one in the draft than getting a wide receiver three because I already have another wide receiver or another two. It's a luxury. The running back becomes more of the necessity if I already have one or two wide receivers. I want to have an anchor player at every position, you know, at running back and wide receiver before, you know, I start thinking about building the depth and getting luxuries. Gotcha. You want to know who is your stud at each position, and then you build the depth from there. So if you do that with your dynasty and your keepers, then you need to do that early in the draft if you didn't have those options. We are off and running. Roto experts in the morning. When we come back, we look at Scotty Engel's uh, 12 tips for fantasy football success from Seahawks.com. Come on right back and join the fun. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. There's only one place to get the best fantasy football advice. That's rotoexperts.com. And there's only one way to get the most detailed analysis, and that's by getting the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. You get our Chi Generator, plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings, plus all your favorite articles, including breakout candidates, sleepers, busts, and rankings. You can also join the fantasy community with our 24-7 Slack chat channel. Register now at rotoexperts.com for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. And start winning your fantasy football leagues for 2018. 
All right, Scotty, educate me here on Roto Experts in the morning. What do we got coming out of break here as we put the fun and functional sports content? Uh, you heard this, we do this in karaoke, remember? Uh, I heard a lot of things at karaoke, and no, I do not Feel remember them all, all Scotty. This is the Kiss Classic Detroit Rock City. Nice. Hey, Scotty, by the way, I got some videos of us from uh, that karaoke night. Mommy, I got to send some of them to you. I have a great one. You doing a duet with the crown prince of NASCAR, Mr. Sean Angle, uh, who I do believe is uh, helping us out, holding it down in the fantasy pit of misery. Is that right, Scotty? Uh, Later this afternoon, he will be, yes. Nice, nice. It's good to have the crown prince of racing. probably that video is of that song that we just played. All right, fair enough. I'm going to have to show him some videos when I get there a little bit later today because, you know, Tuesdays means Fantasy Freestyle will also be on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network a little bit later on. Me and the Stats Overbeat Cypher will be chopping it up. we got a poll question up, Scotty. Which of these veteran quarterbacks do we think will hold off the rookie uh, counterpart the longest? I guess right now 51% are saying Joe Flacco, which I guess I believe in as well, you know, because we don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be there under center for week one. This may be something more like he has a package for him, some RPOs, some gadget plays, and then maybe later on in the season. But then after that, Tyrod Taylor, I agree with that one. I really believe Tyrod has a chance to hold off Baker Mayfield. You and I, uh, Scott, both believe that the Browns may have some potential this year. And I just find it hard to believe that, let's say, the Browns do get off to a decent start. Like, if the Browns are like 4-4, four and four, I don't see how they sit Tyrod down, Scotty. Yeah, man, you know, I, I could see them you know, being a 500 team or even just three and five. I mean, you're talking sure. about a team that won one game in the last right. two seasons, <laughs> lost 43 of their last 47, you know, to, to be three and five would be a nice boost. You know, it's, they just want to look towards the future now, but from a, from a fantasy perspective too, uh, you, you want to see Jarvis Landry eating in the slot like he used mm-hmm. to. And, you know, Josh Gordon, look, if the guy can stay in the lineup, you know, he's, he's a, Big, fast target and one of the most talented players in the NFL. He absolutely is. You know, the thing is, you know, you start that sentence with the word if, (laughs) you know, and I think that is really what it comes down to. Remember, we talked about Josh Gordon. It's about like how risk averse you are. Do you want to roll the dice on that? Because I think everybody understands, acknowledges and agrees, Scott, the talent is absolutely there as it relates to Josh Gordon. The question is, do you want to invest the draft pick that is required or the money in the auction that is required with the risk of how many games he'll actually play and that's what it comes down uh for you and you have to make a personal decision as a fantasy owner right yes that's uh you know he's big risk big reward i don't think there's a bigger risk slash reward player in in all of uh fantasy football this year what about shady mccoy as a contender for that no uh because you know mccoy will you know he'll get a suspension of what he is but you know Josh Gordon, the next time he slips off the ledge, he could be done, you know, forever and could really, you know, affect you in a keeper in a dynasty league. Hmm. Uh, so McCoy, they're looking at one-time incident. You never know when the next cleat is going to fall with Josh Gordon. 
All right, fair enough. I also want to tell people, do not forget, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about fantasy football all the time because people are getting very excited, but you can still win in DFS baseball, okay? Don't forget, go on over to dailyroto.com slash DKMS because you could still play uh, free daily fantasy baseball and you can still win two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. You also get to help the cause in the fight against blood cancer. We always tell you guys, hitting 300, get you to the All-Star game in Major League Baseball. Baseball, but it is not a good enough rate to find a matching donor for bone marrow when people are struggling with this disease. That is where you come in, in the real world, not in the fantasy world. You can help save a life, and you could also win two tickets to the 2018 World Series. Go on over to DailyRoto.com slash DKMS. All right, Scotty, now listen, you do all sorts of stuff for the, uh, you know, Roto Experts Exclusive Edge fantasy package you're the you're the main guy over at rotoexperts.com managing director of all the content stuff like that but little did i know scotty that you branch out a little bit and you're on seahawks.com as well and that must be kind of a joy for you in general scotty because i know you're a big 12s fan right over there in the pacific northwest with the seahawks and to be able to be profiled on their team site giving all the seahawks fans advice that's got to be pretty cool right yeah, it is, but, uh, you know, I've been doing it for seven years. Uh, Russell yeah, Wilson and I, I uh, you, you, you said you that joined I was branching out. I've, I've been doing it, doing it for seven years, so uh, i got to move you out you. from under your rock. So, uh, all right, all right, I'll yeah. give you that. But I'm saying yeah. branching out from away from Roto Experts and being able – like, it's fine. Maybe I'm not the branching, branching has happened already. Maybe the branch it's, has it's, already happened. But let's go no, out onto that branch, which is the Seahawks.com. Well, that branch not, has grown not, from the tree. It's not a new branch, but it is a branch of the Scott Angle tree. Yeah, and it's also uh, representing Roto Experts on Seahawks.com, so it's it's not not separate at all. I've been, I, but but to, you know, to answer your question, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it's been it's been a lot of fun to have my name on that site. Uh, right. You know, I arrived the same time Russell Wilson did in 2012, and you know, it, it's it's really really cool to uh, be on that site. But my fantasy advice, even though it's on Seahawks.com, it's really about the entire league. With you know, nice. some of a little bit sharper focus on the Seahawks, but mm-hmm. it, it it focuses on the entire league. So it's for everybody. Check it out at Seahawks.com every week or Seahawks.com/slash/news/slash/fantasy. Fair enough. That's where you can get even more content from El Rey de Fantasia, Scott Angle. And he's right. He talks about kind of a lot of general rules of thumb, but then uses kind of examples maybe from the Seahawks, right? Like you're talking about potentially some values in a draft with players that are injured right now. And then you use Doug Baldwin kind of as an example of where that might, where you might find some value based on some of the preseason injury reports, right? And then, you know, you kind of have some of the general biggest things in fantasy, like for example, knowing your settings, being number one, kind of, right? Not going blindly into the draft. You got to know, are quarterbacks getting four points for a TD or six points for a TD? You know, how are the defensive points uh, scored? You know, are there any ex- extra bonuses or categories? Are there, is it a PPR league or not? Right, Scotty? Like, that's the first thing. I Like, I'm getting invited and I'm joining all these, like, expert drafts, right, this year. I got the Flex coming up this weekend. I got Greenwich Street Tavern coming up. I'm there with Andy Singleton over at Fan tracks and the people's pen talking about drafting with giants you know other other these leagues but the key is to know your settings you have to know how you're going to accumulate points if you want to win the league right scotty that's got to be like that's like commandment number one of all fantasy sports right 
Yeah, and some people forget that. Uh, and again, you we're talking about my twelve tips for fantasy success mm-hmm. on uh, Seahawks dot com right now, and that's that's the first golden rule. But you know, some people just blindly go into a league. They might not even look at their settings until draft day. They, you know, maybe they'll walk in with a magazine and be the person right. that everybody everybody laughs at. You know, some people don't make the time to study, and you have to because. Uh, you at least want to mock with those type of settings at least once or twice, mm-hmm. and you know see see what comes out. Now every draft is different. You can't rigidly base it on a mock, but you want to have the experience of knowing, uh, you know, how the flow may go, or mm-hmm. loosely seeing how players flow when you when you're looking at a certain scoring system. You don't want to go into a mock with six points for a touchdown pass. When you uh, when your league is playing with four points for a touchdown pass, you got to know these things because it either boosts or devalues the value, the value, uh, the appeal of certain players and positions. Yeah, absolutely. And Scotty, you know what I also do sometimes uh, in mock drafts, and I did. I actually I did two mock drafts last night from the position I'm going to be in. I'm in an expert draft uh, this Saturday, right? And I'm I'm picking in the seventh spot. Of this draft. And so I did two mock drafts last night. I had an hour or so. And I did them from the seven spot. And you know what I did, though, Scott? I, I went kind of in the. Um I did what I would do, like kind of letting the draft come to me in terms of like my positions that I was drafting. But then I drafted a player that was not necessarily the player I actually wanted because then I would want to see how long that player actually fell to, if that makes sense. So, for example, in the seventh spot, right, when it came to me and I saw like, okay, Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins were already gone. I knew I wanted a running back, right? And in reality, let's say in that situation, I would have drafted, oh, I don't know, maybe like it was Kamara or Saquon. Barkley, right? That's the guy I actually want. Who I actually then drafted at that point, though, was like Kareem Hunt, because I just want to see how late it goes for others. And I and and I did the same thing, Scotty. Towards the back of the draft, I knew we talk about these Indianapolis Colts running backs, right? But if I go ahead and draft Naheem Hines, then I have no read on like how long I can wait to get Naheem Hines. You know what I mean? So I didn't actually draft him. I drafted someone else, being like, ah, this is where I might draft that guy. And then I saw like I could actually wait two or three rounds longer because people aren't on him. I did the same thing kind of with like the quarterback position. I did the same thing with like which one of those kind of tight ends in tight end like 8 through 12 that I actually want to draft, you know. Um, So I pick one so I know kind of round wise where it goes. But then I was I was pleasantly surprised to see that I can wait on some of the guys I'm targeting a little bit longer. I think it depends on who you're playing with. Right. Uh, if you're in a regular mainstream draft, you can wait on some of those guys. But if you're in a league like the GST or, you know, more experienced players sure. or something like that, you may have to jump up the board around and grab more than expected to assure that you're going to get the guy that you want. It's almost like an auction where mm. you just have to jump up on a guy. Uh, right. And it, it it depends on who you're playing. It's unique from my perspective sometimes because, you know, I'm not Corey Parson. You know, I'm not – I'm not this fantasy snob who won't play in leagues that people invite me to. You know, I get listeners and readers inviting me to leagues all the time. And, right. you know, I, I, I take that as a compliment, as a sure. privilege. You know, I'm not like him. I don't look down my nose at people. And, you know, when I'm drafting with some of those, guys, they, I know that they, they are reading like Roto Experts. They're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And... I may still have to jump for that guy because, you know, those guys are listening to my advice right. and the other advice on the channel. And they they're know who you're hot on. Players. Yeah. 
No, that makes sense, you know, and I, I think that's right. Um, this idea of in some of these expert leagues, like, listen, we're all hearing each other talk, right? We know where the kind of insider buzz is, and I like that. You know, I think – I don't know. I think that's one of your kind of uh, rules here also, Scotty, in this, and, and maybe I'm like kind of misinterpreting it a little bit, but like your, num- your last rule here, number 12, don't second-guess yourself too much, right? You say like once your draft is finished, be happy with your roster. Don't overtink. I mean, everyone gets all this expert advice, right? But at the same time, you are the owner of your team. The beauty of fantasy football and fantasy sports is that you get to manage or own your team. You get to make the decisions. So if you have a guy that you really like, trust your gut. Go ahead. Draft that guy. Go get your guy. I don't care if someone in the room kind of snickers at you because you drafted someone in the eighth round who's supposed to be going in the 10th or 11th round. You like that guy? Go out and get them so this way you could also be happy with your team. Right, Scotty? You you don't want to second-guess yourself. You want to be able to go with your guys, right? Yeah, that's what that's what you have to do. It's like you have to be confident in who you drafted. People get too antsy after they're drafted. Mm -hmm. They want to start making trades. They start looking at the negatives of their teams. And then they start, you know, uh, they start disassembling what they've already built because, you know, they want that fantasy fix. They want that hit and, you know, of of constructing the team again. And it's just not there again until opening day. You have to avoid that lure. And like I say, you know, in the 12 Tips for Fantasy Success on Seahawks.com, I say, you know, if you're feeling an itch, go play in a best ball league because you could play in as many of those as you right. want. And then don't have you to know, tinker. You know, on MFL or MF, NFFC, you could get the rush of drafting. You don't have to tinker. It's not going to be any more management during the season. Absolutely, and if you always want to tinker on a week-to-week basis, there's always FanDuel out there for you. You know, that's that's kind of what's out there for DFS to the experience of making that roster. Um, I always say it that way, though, Scott, because here's the thing. In my years, you know, and I've been playing fantasy football since we were getting stats out of the box scores of the newspapers. You know what I mean? And literally calculating them by hand. You know, when I was in middle school, let's say. But in my experience. Every single time when I draft and I realize that like in the middle of the draft, if I, you know, like you're saying, I get the fix and I go with something else that I think I'm quote unquote supposed to do. I always wind up and the places where I veer from my plan, from my strategy are always the places that piss me off the most and have the worst impact for me. Sometimes other times, you know, when on the flip side where I maybe reach for a guy, quote unquote, but he's a guy that I personally liked and expected things from, even if it doesn't work out and even if he doesn't realize the buzz or potential, I, that sits better with me, right? At least I took a swung and hit missed on my guy. I'd rather have that than, you know, veering from my plan and wind up staring at some, you know, kind of low ceiling guy that I just took because he was supposed to be at the top of the queue, you know? I went into, I go into a draft with whatever it is, days, weeks, months of planning and thought, you know, and then to just abandon that, I think is a, a critical sin of fantasy owners at the draft. Yeah, uh, it's you know people people try to originally plan for the draft right. ahead too, and you know, say, okay, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, mm-hmm. and they call the channel and they'll say stuff. Well, what do you think if I took Brown in the sec first round? Then right, you have no idea how it's gonna fall. And I got Darius guys. Then maybe in the third round, this guy will be available. You can't plan your draft ahead of time. You right. have to go with the flow. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I agree with you. You can't be rigid, and that is one of your tips here in the Seahawks.com article. I mean more like, hey, if you believe in a guy, like for example, Scotty, you know, I have, uh, I'm high this year on Jamison Crowder. Okay, I think Jameson Crowder is going to kind of ascend this year a little bit. I think he's going to be a very solid wide receiver three. Right. And so when it comes time in the draft, you know, to go out and there's going to be other options. There are going to be other options who the experts or the ADPs have ahead of Jamison Crowder. But when I'm sitting there in whatever round it is, you know, Scotty, maybe it's round. Oh, I don't know. Six or seven, let's say, and he's he might not be the top guy in the ranks that are left, but if he's my guy, I'm gonna go out and grab him, and I'm gonna go and draft him. That's kind of what I mean more than like you know specific positions. If there's a guy you like, go out and get that guy. You know that that's more what I'm saying, Scotty. Right? Does that jive with you? Yeah, and you know if you you have your own ranks. Yeah. You know, he will be the top guy on the board. So Right, and so it's almost like I'm saying trust your your trust your prep, trust yeah. your analysis as well. We hear all these experts out there. You know, and I say this all the time, you know, Scott, even when let's say like I'm just picking a game. Let's say I'm just picking a game over on mybookie.ag, right? And I'm like, ah, I really like, you know, whatever it is. I like the uh I like the Bengals plus three and a half, but then I wind up changing my bet last minute, you know what I mean? And then it always winds up going against me. And I kick myself more for that than if I stuck with my gut and lost. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying stick with your gut. Another thing here, Scotty, one, one, one of your tips that I think is very interesting, and we're talking about the King Scotty Angles article on Seahawks.com, which is like your 12 tips for fantasy success. One of the things that I think is interesting I want to dive into for a little bit with you. Number six, you say don't sweat the bye weeks and the schedules, right? And listen, right. Scott, I completely agree with you. What we, when we talk about things like you know projecting the schedule and strength of schedule and you always tell me you can't really look backwards on that because teams change every year right I acknowledge it I think the NFC South had someone go from like last place to winning the division like five years in a row recently something like that so I hear you on that my question is about the bye weeks you make a point to not really worry about the bye weeks because your roster you know evolves over time with pickups and trades and stuff like that can I can I ask you something I know some people who actually try to stack up the same bye week and in essence just punt that week and then know that they they have you know no real other bye week concerns the rest of the season but are literally almost you know uh, punting one of the weeks and stacking up their buys so that it's not a concern for uh, other weeks is that a crazy strategy or is that does that have some validity i don't think it had any validity because okay. it's, it's, it's to me is it's useless as you, you know, uh, more carefully planning for the bye weeks, because you can't pl- you can't plan for bye weeks whether you, you're planning for the same one or different ones. Forget it. Your roster is going to change too much between now and most of the bye weeks. You can't plan for week six in August. It's it's just not going to happen. You're going to trade players. You're going to cut players. Players are going to get injured. By the time the bye week rolls around, your team's not even going to look the same like it did in August. So I've, to me, planning for bye weeks is a wasted exercise, except for at one position, if you're going to pick a backup quarterback. You right. know, quarterback quarterbacks are... You know, they're the one steady guy that has to be in there every mm-hmm. single week, and you're very unlikely to 
cut him or et cetera right. than more than other positions. I will make sure that my backup, my quarterbacks don't have the same bye week because they're, they're more likely to stay on my roster for the longer run than other players. Uh, would, the, <clears throat> would it be similar on tight end, Scott, because you only have one backup? No, I don't. I, or you just like streaming a tight end? I don't. I don't for even that one week. A, I don't even have a backup in a lot of cases. Okay, so when value drops to me in the later rounds, right? But if you have a Kyle Rudolph, if you have a Delaney Walker, or a Greg Olson, one of these kind of types, you're not even necessarily rostering a second tight end, and then you're figuring out you could pick up a replacement level value on that tight end's bye week, and hopefully that's the only week you need that player. Correctly. Exactly. Okay, fair enough. The one other thing I wanted to mention uh, from this article, and we're talking about the King Scott Angles 12 Tips for Fantasy Football Success over on Seahawks.com. That's probably the reason the number of tips is 12, a la the 12s. You talk about number seven I'm intrigued in here, Scotty. When you're talking about be bold on injured players where it matters, you talk about how people like kind of stay away from people who have maybe a training camp injury or you know question marks around the injury. injury. But you're also saying like you could be bold on some of these guys because remember it what really matters is weeks you know like 12 through 16 in most formats when you're making that playoff push and usually the guys who are banged up in preseason are back and on the roster and having their normal role by the time the calendar turns to november and december when you need them and that could represent some value correct yeah, and you know, I give the example of Doug Baldwin, obviously, because right. people are worried about the knee. And knee injuries can linger, but sure. you know, if you're going to see him drop now to, like, say, the fourth or even fifth round, uh, you know, a lot of fantasy players draft in the moment too often and don't realize that some injuries are mm-hmm. not long-term, and they'll pass on a guy because he's injured right now. You can't think just in the now. You have to look forward. If Doug Baldwin's playing fine by week three and putting up good numbers, well, then you got yourself a value if you got him past the third round. Yeah, absolutely. And here's what I want to ask you about this. You talk about the injured players. Scotty, I think it's even better for suspended players. Um, Say Ingram and Edelman, for example. And here's why I would say that. One, because their absence is not injury related. You know, like, so they're kind of 100%, although no football player is ever 100%. But I think with uh, the suspension, it's a clearly defined time. You know exactly how long they will be out. And you can have a little bit more of a uh, confidence that when they are back, they'll be relatively close to full strength. So I'm even, you know, I'm winding up, I feel like, with a lot of share of guys like Mark Ingram, guys like Julian Edelman, guys like Aaron Jones, because they are dropping and I'm representing, they represent value to me. So sure, we talk about the Patriots wide receivers. We know who's going to be getting targets come week six for the Pats and it's Julian Edelman. Do, would you say that suspended players represent even more of a value sometimes than these injured kind of examples that you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, even Julian Edelman in week seven, Right. Or you especially have him in week uh, thirteen. You know, you're glad you did. You, you get you get him at a value. You know, it's you know these guys can drop in drafts, and you know they'll miss four games. But for the fantasy regular season purposes, you know, you're still talking about having them for another ten. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is like, let's look at Mark Ingram, for example. Mark Ingram was a, an RB1 last year. He was a top 10 running back. And like, yeah, we know all about Alan Kamara, but Mark Ingram is a top 10 running back. And he's, you know, ranked right now. I'm looking at your uh, ranking, Scotty, and standard ranks for running backs. You have him as RB24. You know, like at some point in the draft, this guy is going to be a tremendous value because for those 12 games, you're getting potential RB1 production. And remember, you're also getting, you know, you're going to have someone in your lineup in weeks one through four, even if it's replacement level, but you're going to get a big time boost uh, for getting Mark Ingram or a guy like Julian Edelman back. So do not forget about those guys when it comes to your draft. All right, Scotty, we, like I said, we got that poll question up right now. Joe Flacco is leading the way. 49% of people say that uh, he's going to hold off Lamar Jackson kind of the longest. I don't know if he holds him off the longest. I think it's still Tyrod Taylor, mostly because I believe even Tyrod Taylor, and I believe that ironic and crazy as it sounds, the Browns have a better offensive line and better weapons than uh, Tyrod Taylor has ever had in Buffalo or in Baltimore. Sam Bradford with 19% of the vote, Josh McCown with 6% of the vote. Remember, we also talked a little bit about uh, Josh Allen and A.J. McCarron as it related to the Buffalo situation. But that is definitely one of the situations to watch here as the preseason gets off and running uh, this week. Uh, Scotty, Buffalo, they host Carolina. They host Carolina um, on Thursday. You know, what do you think we're going to see? Because McCarron is new there as well. You think we see McCarron as like just the first couple of series? You think we see two quarters of Josh Allen and like one quarter of Nate Peterman? Do you think we're going to start seeing these quarterbacks uh, behind like the second string offensive line and stuff like that later on this week? Yeah, you know, it's pretty much uh, the first preseason game for a lot of these guys where you look at the Hall of Fame game is, is almost the same thing. But they have, they're having a serious quarterback battle there, so you're going to look for that. Then you you want to see uh, on the other side how DJ Moore is is factored in, uh, especially when he's mm-hmm. running with the first. If he runs with the first team offense at all, you know maybe they'll give him some run with the second team, uh, just because they want to get a guy like that, young guy like that, preseason reps. But it's mm-hmm. more important on the Buffalo side too because uh, with that with that quarterback battle and and you know. Wide receivers. I don't know how much you're going to see of Corey Coleman. Uh, Zay right. Jones should be able to go for this game. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that Buffalo quarterback battle. And I also want to see DJ Moore. One thing we know we're not going to see. Riverboat Ron says he wants to give Christian McCaffrey 25 touches. That ain't going to happen in the preseason, though. When we come back, hour number two of Roto Experts in the morning. We recap the news and notes. We talk a little bit about NFC camp battles to watch, and we update the fantasy team name contest as well. Come on right back. It's the king of the spitting statistician. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Welcome back to Roto Experts in the Morning, where we cock-a-doodle do it every morning, 7 to 9 a.m., right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You got the spitting statistician, the stable genius and vocal minority, Dane Martinez, and my man, El Rey de Fantasia, the King Scott Angle, joins me now. Scotty, in the first hour, we were talking about some general tips 
to your fantasy uh, football season, knowing your settings, kind of watching out for the value of injured or suspended players, things of that nature, and kind of not to worry too much about the bye weeks. But I want to refresh some of, uh, some of our headlines here at the top of the hour. And first of all, the biggest headline quite frankly, is if you haven't already done so, to go on out and get the Roto Experts exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. You get all sorts of projections. You get rankings. You get incredible insider content. Everything you need to help you win your leagues and win that cash. Enter the promo code WINNER. Enter the promo code THEKING at checkout. You even get the Fantasy Executives blog on a daily basis, right, Scotty? Good stuff in the uh, package. Yeah, it's brand new. It's the... uh the exclusive edge executive edge desk uh, and the late, the latest installment looks at his, uh, at his draft from uh, the weekend in the flex draft from Washington. DC. Nice. What a shock. Uh, he took uh, Ezekiel Elliott with his first pick. Yeah, well, listen, as long, if he was in the three or the four or the five spot, that's a pretty decent pick in my opinion. But absolutely, uh, you know, you had your uh, one of your tips that we covered last hour, Scotty, was like, don't be a homer. So maybe our guy, the fantasy executive, needs to check that out. I did have not, not a number four. I'm just busting chops. But of course, when he says he's going to take Zeke at like number two, I'm like, well, he doesn't catch passes, you know, the way that, uh, you know, David Johnson and Todd Gurley will or even Le'Veon Bell. That's why that's why I can't take him before four. He just he doesn't have the he, just, he hasn't proven that he can catch passes at at that high level that the other guys did. You know that's you'll see that in my first round breakdown in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package on RotoExperts.com. Enter uh, the King at checkout for a special discount, or in Spanish, El Rey at a special discount. There you go. So many ways to get that content and get a special discount for the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Scotty, we talked about how the Pats decided to cut bait on Malcolm Mitchell as one of the headlines of yesterday's kind of around camp. What does this mean, in your opinion, again, for these Patriots wide receivers? I mean, we know about Mitchell. Jordan Matthews is a name that has already gone by the wayside. So what are we left with? Eric Decker, Kenny Britt, Philip Dorsett, Corderell Patterson, and his world-class track speed. What do we think winds up happening before Julian Edelman returns? for the Pats. Somebody's going to emerge as a sleeper player here, but uh, the pecking order is still Gronk, Hogan, and then maybe the running backs before you even get to one of these guys. Cordero Patterson, positive reports on him in camp, but the guy has never been fantasy relevant. He's, he's, uh, I remember when people, after his first year, were drafting him in the second and third round. You know, I kind of liked him in the fourth myself that year, but I, I turned out to be wrong about him. And he's been irrelevant ever since. Eric Decker is a has-been. Kenny Britt was one-time flash in the pan. Philip Dorsett is just a post-and-fly pattern guy. He's a never-was. So, look, somebody has to emerge from this this crew because you're talking about Tom Brady, and Tom Brady can make his receivers better. It's just a matter of who he picks. I remember many years ago he made Rache Caldwell relevant. So it's a matter of who Brady develops a chemistry with in the preseason. So I'm going to be watching the, the Patriots preseason game with some interest and seeing who he throws to because it could be Patterson, it could be Britt. Uh, I don't see it being Decker necessarily, but I could be wrong on that. 
Yeah, fair enough. That is something we will keep an eye out on uh, on Thursday. The Patriots open their preseason at home against the Washington football team, so we'll keep our eye out on that. We were also talking other wide receiver news. Listen, one of your players to watch in the NFC, Scott, was Chris Godwin, and we talked there's news in the Tampa Bay wide receiver room. It looks like Godwin is actually kind of, you know, they're flirting with him as the number two in terms of in two wide receiver sets he'd be on the outside with Mike Evans, and that means Deshaun Jackson moves to the slot. We talked about it last hour that you're going to probably be bumping up Godwin a little bit in your ranks with this news. What do you think this means for the second-year uh, receiver down there in Tampa Bay? Could he take a step forward and really uh, move into kind of uh, fantasy relevance? Yeah, last week I wrote about this in the exclusive edge package of my NFC players to watch. I used a photo of Godwin. He was one of the guys that I led with. You know, I've been talking about this for a little while now, and, you know, he's a big target, you know, with some downfield gears. Deshaun Jackson's always been overrated. He's better off as the third receiver working out of the slot there, and I think Godwin steps make, takes a step forward this year, and, you know, he could be like a borderline fantasy four, wide receiver four slash five in your draft with the potential to be a wide receiver three. Yeah, so we got to keep an eye out on that. He's moving up draft boards. He maybe at one point was a wide receiver five, but the king over here is pushing. He could be a wide receiver four or maybe even higher. You know, I also would add, Scott, like I personally, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be that good this year. Okay, so I think they're going to be behind a lot in games, and I think there's some garbage Mm -hmm. time potential for a guy like Godwin as well. I think that's important and interesting to note. I could see Godwin being the kind of guy who soaks up extra targets, extra potential in garbage time because I do not think the Bucks are going to be much of anything this year. In fact, I've already said the Tampa Bay Bucks are one of my biggest locks of an under on the season win total right now over on mybookie.ag. The season win total for the Bucks is still hovering around seven, which I think is completely ridiculous for a team that has stiff competition in the NFC South. Most people believe that the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers are all kind of, you know, playoff teams, if not cusp playoff teams, that will be a gauntlet for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They do not have their starting quarterback for the first three games. A lot of, you know, people have even, I have said it on this network that the idea that Dirk Cutter is on a seat that is very, very hot, I think it unravels for them. So there is some garbage time potential. And if you go on over to mybookie.ag, over under is seven on them. I'm taking the under all day long. But remember, over on mybookie.ag, enter the promo code fantasy f-n-t-s-y and you could also qualify for a 50 percent deposit bonus scott are you with me on that buck garbage time potentially in tampa bay and the bucks under seven season win total yeah i'm with you on both uh you know there's going to be pretty good passing numbers regardless of whether competitive in games or or not and i you know i really do like ronald jones a lot uh, mm-hmm. If you pay it, play performance league, which means you get extra points for like uh, you know forty and fifty yard runs, you know he might have more speed than anybody in this draft class. Uh, he might be able to take it to the house and running back, and maybe yeah. and get you some bonus points there for sure. Scotty, yesterday, you know, you and I both kind of. Uh, Talked about how much we like the sleeper potential of Naheem Hines down there in Indianapolis. We've talked about Jordan Wilkins a little bit as well. In essence, we've talked about how in Indianapolis, we talked about that being a potential landing spot for Des Bryant. In essence, what we've mentioned 
is that like, listen, outside of T.Y. Hilton, we're skeptical of some of the playmakers of what the dynamic potential is there. And so yesterday we talked a little bit about Naheem Hines. In the first hour today, we talked a little bit about Dion Kane as a guy who may be generating some buzz in Indy. You know, Scott, where outside of T.Y. Hilton, where is the Indian, where are the Indianapolis Colts to get kind of any kind of uh, playmaking ability? Is it Dion Kane? Well, look, you know, you're going to hear these kind of things in camp. And, you know, Kane obviously is, is having a good camp. Right. But, you know, this could just be summer buzz in practice with not much else to write about. Sure. You know, they really haven't played against any other teams. He is a six-round pick. You know, he's got deep speed. He will catch the ball in traffic. But he also drops the ball and has off-field to field problems. That doesn't mean that he's going to necessarily beat out Chester Rogers. Somebody's going to merge here as the number two wide receiver. Uh, eventually, I think it could be Kane. Yes, but uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't get too hot on this right now, and I would just keep him on your watch list. Let's see how he does actually in preseason action. All right, fair enough. So that's another thing we will keep our eye on in preseason action. As you mentioned, the preseason does get going for all teams this week. Those Indianapolis Colts got a tough spot in the first preseason game, Scotty. They go up to the Pacific Northwest and have to deal with your 12s. They are in in Seattle. on Thursday, taking on the Seahawks. So we're going to be previewing that and a bunch of other games, you know, that are taking place this weekend. On tomorrow's episode of Roto Experts in the Morning, we're going to dive into a good chunk of these preseason games. We're going to give you the, the thing you need to watch for, the indicators you need as we start to read the tea leaves on preseason action. We're going to be breaking down a good chunk of all these Thursday games tomorrow on Roto Experts in the Morning. Not only storylines to watch, but also, you know, updated playoffs off odds over on mybookie.ag and if we think any of them are really good buys for a team that will or will not make the playoffs some teams are already doing joint practices we mentioned the Rams and the Ravens don't forget the Rams new cornerback Aqib Tlaib and the Ravens new wide receiver Michael Crabtree they have a bit of a history so maybe you might want to go to this practice today you know with one of those uh you know those machines Scott that they have on the beach like looking for the gold or looking for uh, metal because there may be some gold left on the floor today in the form of Michael Crabtree's chain. But as we move along, Scotty, (laughs) remember, enter the promo code WINNER. You can enter the promo code THEKINGELREY. You can even enter the promo code SPEEDS if you really want to hype up the spitting statistician. But in the Roto Experts package, one of our contributors is one of my best friends forever. Frankie Stanfull does a great work with Fantasy Best Friends Forever doing a lot of work here with the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. He's also put out an article that's part of the package. We talked yesterday about his article on AFC depth chart battles. We talked about the Denver running backs. We talked about the Buffalo Bills quarterback situation. So right before we start previewing preseason games, let's talk about some of the NFC battles to watch. That's what we're doing here on Roto Experts in the Morning. The first one I want to mention to you, and you know, I, w- I want to mention it for so many reasons, One, because at this point in the morning, maybe our guy, the fantasy executive, is listening. And I know you like any opportunity to talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys, Scotty. But help me make sense 
about this wide receiver position. Who's going to be there? Is it Alan Hearns, who they got from Jacksonville as their number one? You know, uh, is this the chance for the rookie Michael Gallup? You know, there's still Cole Beasley in the slot. They also, they went and got, you know, the Swiss Army knife that is Tavon Austin. Tevrance Williams is still there. There's not room for all of these people, but there is a lot of targets up for grabs without Des Bryant, without Jason Witten there. How do you think the Dallas wide receiver room uh, shakes out, and what are the different kind of skill sets these guys bring to the table, Scott? Well, you know, I believe this is the worst receiving crew in the NFC. Right. Uh, certainly on paper. And yesterday there were reports out of Dallas that the team actually had trouble moving the ball down the field effectively in practices. So I think mm. that's a concern. Alan Hearns is a guy, you know, who had a really good season a few years ago, but I don't think he's ticketed to be a number one wide receiver in this league. There's a problem right there. Michael Gallup has a ton of talent, but, you know, how quickly can he really adjust to the NFL? And I worry about him getting off the jam and, you know, being more physical as a, as a wide receiver. So I think, I think you know, I think it's probably Hearns and Gallup, you know, because we've all seen that we, we can't trust Terrence Williams. But, you know, my NFC players to watch, I think Cole Beasley might end up being their most productive receiver. This is a guy that caught 74 balls from from uh, Dak Prescott two years ago, you could be looking at a guy who could catch 80 passes and have six touchdown receptions and may go on to draft in a lot of leagues because people are just treating him like an afterthought. Right, so there's Hearns there, Cole Beasley is kind of, you know, people are sleeping maybe a little bit on him as a consistent force that Dak Prescott already has some chemistry with, and then there is the rookie Michael Gallup. Now, I want you to, like, just don't laugh at me right away, Scott. At least do me a favor and wait a beat and then laugh at me about this, but in the, in the NFL right now, so many teams are excited to have that kind of like, you know, we talked about it, the Ricky Bobby guy, the shake and bake guy, the guy who can come out of the backfield, the Swiss Army knife. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, the Tyreek Cohen guys, like in the back, back in the day, uh, what Percy Harvin used to be able to bring. You know, Zeke is such a, you know, he's a great running back, you know, and he can kind of do it all. But he's, you know, he's a big boy. He's going he's gonna to run through you. He's a powerful running back. Is there especially because, And also run you know, away we, from you, too, yeah. Sure, like he has that skill set. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL, okay? And yeah. you have that. I, I wonder, though, with this kind of dearth of standouts at wide receiver, it doesn't really seem like they have that kind of Swiss Army knife. Can you even see a universe, Scott, where Tavon Austin actually returns some value in gadget plays and being this kind of slot guy, this PPR kind of guy. He can play, like they don't have anybody else really on that roster who can do that sort of thing. And in the NFL, that kind of varied skill set seems to be important these days. And I've seen other people, as soon as they get away from the Jeff Fisher offense, being able to start to do okay. Am I absolutely crazy to think that Tavon Austin could be worth a last round flyer? Well, Tavon Austin was. I believe, ineffective even before Jeff Fisher arrived, right? He still got himself a $54 million contract, though. I mean, doesn't mean like, it was worth it. I hear you, and I know that he's like a punchline, but it just feels to me like there's a role there for him playing this kind of, you know, weird Swiss Army knife kind of guy, um, and he's got no talk. And I don't think, like, listen, I'm not trying to say that I'm high on Tavon Austin, but, like, I wonder if there's a role here, especially because everything else is so unclear outside of Zeke. I can see where you're coming from that from an NFL perspective, but right. can you really name a gadget player who's ever been fantasy relevant? Tyreek Hill? 
He's not a gadget player. Percy Harvin? He wasn't a gadget player. He was more than that. Hmm. Okay, so at maybe point, maybe you know, Tavon could be slightly you, 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 you more look, than that. You look, you look, you're looking at Dexter McCluster types, right? And, right. You know, right. those guys have those guys have never been relevant. And, okay. You know, look, look from an NFL perspective, what you're saying makes sense because there's not a lot of talent there. And Tavon Austin, he's still talented. I'm, you know, I'm not going to say he's not, mm-hmm. but I can't see him in the role that they're ticketing him for. Right. And by the way, I was wrong. He always did play under Jeff Fisher. And the okay. role they're ticketing him for, uh, you know, he could make some plays here and there, but there's not going to be any reliability when it comes to fantasy. Yeah. I hear you. Maybe a best ball? Could it be a late best ball kind of guy? For no. the one week there's... where he has a great game and returns a kickoff for a touchdown? You want one, one week? Uh, I, would... I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to find someone who will believe me that I'm not crazy on Tavon Austin. There's going to be there's going to be a week or two. Scotty. I say I'm from an you. NFL perspective, you're not being crazy, but you don't want to spend a best ball pick for a guy yeah. who's going to do it for two weeks. Well, you know, maybe maybe like very late in a big best ball draft, I can't right. blame you. All right, I well, can't we'll totally, see. Totally slam it. I'm just I just want to be on record, Scotty, that I'm a li- I have a little bit of faith in what Tavon Austin can bring to the Cowboys as we talk about this uh battles to watch. Let's talk about From another an NFL one, perspective. Scotty. I don't I don't think it's crazy, but you can't spend a fantasy or a fantasy draft pick on a seasonal league on him. All right, fair enough. Another running back room. Uh, Scotty, that we want to talk about. You know, we've talked about places like Denver. We talked about places like Cleveland and Indianapolis and Seattle as well with all the buzz around Chris Carson. Another one that I think is interesting is Detroit. Uh, Scotty, you know, they draft Kerryon Johnson, right? And they have, you know, kind of, you know, they spend a decent pick on him. Um, they then sign uh, LeGarrett Blunt, you know, who I like, who you know I like. They have already Theo Riddick. They have Theo Riddick, you know, who is locked and loaded as one of the better kind of PPR backs in the NFL. And then don't forget about last year's week one starter. There's Amir Abdullah still on this roster who everyone kind of just thinks is going to be, you know, kind of banished to the wasteland. How does this, you know, how does this work out? Especially I want to hear about like carry on Johnson, Scotty, as this rookie, because to me, the, the Theo Riddick role is so clear and quite honestly, so is the LeGarrette Blunt role is also very clear. Is this a place where Theo Riddick leads in receptions, LeGarrette Blunt leads in touchdowns, but Carryon Johnson leads in yards? And if so, like where's the value here? Yeah, that you know that's a that's a good way to look at it. Uh, Theo Riddick, though, you know, might see less receptions hmm. than in the past, and you know his numbers have been declining. I think ever since 2015. So you know, maybe not more more than bench league fodder. You know, this team wants to get more physical. I've said it so many times. And, you know, they were the worst team in the red zone in the, the league last year. And LeGarrette Blunt's going to change that. And Karrion Johnson, uh, I think he and Blunt are going to share a lot of reps. Karrion uh, Johnson, you know, d- does have the upside to be a decent flex. But, you know, he's different than LeGarrette Blunt. He does run high. And, you know, mm. that's something he's going to have to work on. But, you know, I do like him as a decent flex. I think anybody who's thinking that Kerryon Johnson's ticketed to be, you know, the main running back period there, I think uh, it's, it's, not, it's, not, uh, it, it's, it's not accurate. Are you taking Kerryon Johnson or uh, one of our Indianapolis Colts rookies first? 
Scotty, you know, because, listen, carry on Johnson, we've just talked about it, right? There's LeGarrette Blunt there, there's Theo Riddick there. I mean, I don't think he'll still be there, but I guess there's Amir Abdullah there. Uh, and in Indianapolis, we like Wilkins, we like Hines, but there's also Marlon Mack there. You know, we know Turbin comes back after suspension. So let's say you're at a point of the draft, um, you know, where you're targeting some of these rookies. Are you taking carry on Johnson or are you going with one of these Colts guys? Uh, hmm. It's, it's right. It kind of depends on the format too. If I'm gonna, st- sure, I'll probably take Carry on Johnson like over any of the Colts guys, just because okay. of the upside. But then I get to be later in my draft. If I'm playing the standard, I want Blunt more. If I'm playing in a PPR, you know, mm. I'm thinking about Naheem Hines after that, and then I can't forget about Jordan Wilkins as a sleeper. Fair enough. Uh, Scotty, you are much higher. I'm looking at your rankings right now. You are much higher than the consensus when it comes to LGBT rights. I like how you advocate for LGBT rights all the time. Scotty, LeGarrette Blunt, you have his running back number 33, even in PPR settings. Then you drop down a little bit. Carry on Johnson, 39. And Theo Riddick all the way down to 48. He's the one you're a little bit lower on. It seems like you think some of his even pass-catching ability is going to be compromised a little bit by the influx of some of the new con- uh, new talent in Detroit, right? Yes. Exactly. Okay. Fair enough. Let's look at one other situation I think is interesting. We've talked about this a little bit before, Scotty. It's the Packers running back situation, right? You have Jamal Williams and you have Aaron Jones. What's complicated, what complicates things here is that Aaron Jones is going to miss the first two games because of a suspension around PEDs, I believe. Okay, so how does this one change the fact that, you know, you think it's a kind of a timeshare, but Jamal Williams will have the opportunity to go on and kind of grab the brass ring and tilt the timeshare in his favor and then again maybe timeshare is a misnomer and the right word is committee because don't forget Ty Montgomery in the mix too especially probably on passing downs and as I've said before Scotty I'm kind of intrigued by the PPR back in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers but talk to me about how this situation is even different because Jones will be missing the first two weeks yeah I Jamal Williams to me is the guy that I would be targeting about of anybody in this backfield. Uh, mm-hmm. They really like his physicality. You know, they consider him a sledgehammer. And when he's in there for for two weeks, he's going to get a lot of work. I think they consider Aaron Jones more of the outside runner, and maybe Ty Montgomery more as a third down guy. But this, when everybody's there together, I think this may be more of a pure committee than anything else. And you're talking about a team that. You know, historically, with Aaron Rodgers in there, has never looked to pass. For, has always looked to pass first, even in the red zone. So you're going to be very careful with this backfield. It's uh, it's it's very dicey. Yeah, and you also have to remember what we saw out of both of these guys, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, last year was when their quarterback was Brett Hundley. You know, this team is not the same with Brett Hundley as with Aaron Rodgers. The Green Bay Packers, in my opinion, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, they're going to run far less than what Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones are used to because they were playing with Brett Hundley and kind of the uh, training wheels was on the offense. That is not the case with Aaron Rodgers there. So the entire offense and their approach and their scheme may look a lot different being less conservative because, you know, the MVP is back. Right, Scotty? Yeah, yeah, and that's what you want. 
Okay, fair enough. The last thing I want to mention to you, and uh, I'm kind of combining here a couple of things that I see on the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Don't forget to enter the promo code THEKING at checkout to get a special discount. You know, one of the places Frank Stanfield talks about here is the, is the Washington running back, and I actually don't think it's that much of a battle. I think it's going to be Darius Geis in early down work, and I think Chris Thompson m- maintains his role as one of the better PPR kind of guys in the league, but I think Rob Kelly has no role. I think Samaj P. Ryan has no role. I think it's getting clearer and clearer that Darius Geis is the kind of guy that you can target as a potentially solid, maybe a back-end RB2 for your team. And then here's the other thing uh, around this that I kind of, it kind of grinds my gears that I want to get into with you, Scott. Uh, Brandon Murchison also has an article in the package comparing the ADP of Darius Geis and Rashad Penny and making kind of the case for both of them. He ultimately lands on Penny, and he doesn't mention this as much about Geis, but I'm a little bit I'm a little bit um, pissed off about this narrative on Darius Geis about how he's kind of like this mercurial guy, you know, who maybe uh, there's concerns about. He doesn't have any actual off-field problems. The only narrative around him is that he's kind of like a little bit of a weird dude, you know, and I don't I kind of think that he is going to be a value. I don't like that narrative around Darius Geis. You know, people are saying that maybe it's a camp battle. No, it's not. Darius Geis is going to be the lead dog in Washington. People are concerned about Darius Geis and his personality you shouldn't be and I'm gonna give you three examples of why you shouldn't be all right Scott and tell me if you think this is a fair comparison I'm talking about Darius guys you know Ricky Williams had very similar kind of things around him. He had a great NFL career. Marshawn Lynch is known as the same kind of odd dude. He's had a great career, and we can even stay in Washington. You remember Clinton Portis? He was kind of a weird dude as well. Washington football fans would love it if Darius Geis wound up being just like Clinton Portis. I kind of think the narrative around Darius Geis has gone way too far, and there's precedent for this in the NFL. It's not easy to be famous, you know, especially if you have some kind of thing like Ricky Williams did or what have you. I think the narrative has gone crazy on Darius Geis. I think he's an incredible value, and there's precedent for running backs like this. I think uh, when you look at those guys, you compare them to Clinton Portis was an oddball in a good sort of way. Uh, yeah. There was never a negative narrative around it, so I don't, I'm not putting that one in. And Ricky Williams, had, he had like problems with social anxiety, so it's different. So I think, I think maybe more of a comparison to Lynch, if anything, but with guys, you're talking about a guy who you know, was actually combative with people off the field you know, from what we're hearing. So but it, it's really, not really like any three of those guys, but if he can mature and put that all behind him, all that's going to matter is, is the play on the field. Yeah, and so I think the play on the field will speak for itself. And we've talked about this before, Scotty, the idea of, like, character guys and stuff like that. And if you said you see them as a name on a screen, and I fully believe that outside of Saquon Barkley, you know, that name on the screen in his rookie year may rack up more rushing yards than anybody else in the rookie season. You know, if it's not Saquon, I think it's going to be guys like Geis or Ronald Jones, who you mentioned, some of these other guys, the Pennies, the Free of the world may have less rushing yards, but able to contribute a little bit in the passing game. I just want to say I'm planting the flag that I'm on team Darius Geis. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, but I think you still have to be concerned about this kind of stuff. But if you can play well for, for a year and not get in any trouble, it'll go away. 
All right, so that's definitely something to look at as it relates to Darius Geis and these rookie running backs as you cast your lot with them and start to read the tea leaves as the preseason games get started. When we come back, Scotty, it's time to put the fun in functional sports content. We got a whole new set of nominees for our best fantasy football team name contest. We're going to see if anybody crops, crops your top five when we come back. It's the Spitting Statistician and El Rey de Fantasia putting the Fun and Functional Sports Radio. Road to Experts in the Morning. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. There's only one place to get the best fantasy football advice. That's rotoexperts.com. And there's only one way to get the most detailed analysis, and that's by getting the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. You get our Chi Generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings, plus all your favorite articles, including breakout candidates, sleepers, busts, and rankings. You can also join the fantasy community with our 24-7 Slack chat channel. Register now at rotoexperts.com for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. And start winning your fantasy football leagues for 2018. Back, Roto Experts in the morning here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Murder is the case that you are going to give everybody else in your leagues after you win your league and win that cash by listening to Roto Experts in the morning, listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and getting the Roto Experts exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. You get everything you need. Enter the promo code The King at checkout. Murder is the case that they gave you. So you're going to turn it into a fantasy football. There it is. You're going to turn it into a fantasy football championship. Scotty, here, uh, you know, we like to put the fun in functional sports content. We like to have a little bit of fun as well. So what we have been doing is asking people to send us their best uh, fantasy football team names. And a lot of them are, you know, puns with the players and nicknames and stuff like that. We really like them. You know, we want to have a little bit of fun here. Maybe give some people ideas as well. What we're going to do is we're going to be taking submissions all the way up until the Labor Day holiday. Then right before the holiday, what we're going to do is we're going to create a poll for our fans and our listeners of the top four that we have gotten so far throughout the summer. Those will go on a poll over the Labor Day holiday going into week one of the fantasy football season. Whoever wins that poll, so the listeners will decide, whoever wins that poll, uh, you know, is going to get a free Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season fantasy football package and the honor of a personalized phone call from El Rey de Fantasia to help them set their lineups when they need some help throughout the fantasy football season. So keep on submitting your team names. Hit us up on Twitter at Spittin' Speeds at Scotty Roto X. You can also call in the show and let us know. The number to call is 844-843-6879. All right, Scotty, to recap your top five. So far, here's what I've got, and then we'll see if any of these new uh, nominees can uh, crack the top five. Right now, first of all, let me tell you something. Taylor Bryson is uh, killing it because he right now, I believe, Scotty, has your number one and your number three um, you know, entries. So right now, number five for you that we have is Make This House Mahomes from our friend Mark Bishop, who was one of the first nominees. Then we have from J.A. Chavon, Hene a la Vodka, which is a lot of fun, but you know, Chad Henney's not really playing much <laughs> 
anymore in it's Kansas still City. still fun. <laughs> it is funny. He's behind Patty Mahomes there. But I know, uh, Scott, you always like the Henny Ala Vodka. That's in your number four yeah. spot. We'll see if that you know, can hang on throughout the summertime. Then you have Tyler Bryson with his first submission, my Ingram toenail Ertz. We like that, combining Mark Ingram and Zach Ertz. Strong style ninja who is always you know, kind of locked into the Fantasy Sports Network. He's part of the Stats Overbeat Cypher. Goes with Jimmy G-Spot, which you know, kind of integrates some of his recent dating life that got a lot of buzz recently in the last couple of weeks. Gotta like that. But number one for you, uh, Taylor Breeson, again, going into, you know, uh, playing to your musical tastes, shall we say, Scotty, with Carry On, My Wayward Son. We just talked about Carry On Johnson and Detroit and that running back situation in our previous segment. So let's see if any of the new ones, uh, you know, find the place in your top five, Scotty. The first one is from Robert Murphy. And listen, we've talked about this player and a lot of nicknames as it relates to this player all last year. If you heard me on this network, the Spittin' Statistician has plenty of nicknames, and one of them was for Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen. I used to always go with the Black Eyed Peas song, I got a feeling, but Robert Murphy, I think, is playing again to your musical taste, Scotty, and going, ah, hooked on a feeling. What do you think about that? It's close. He's high on believing. It's, what do you think? It's, it's close. But it doesn't quite make it. Doesn't um, make the cut. It just it doesn't make the cut. It's a it's a good number six. Yeah, we're like top it. five. <laughs> yeah, it's it just misses that that top five for me. So I I, I could I considered it. You know I I know it's based on uh, the blue sweet the old blue sweet song. But you know not just everything is not that simple. Just because it's an old song, you know doesn't. Doesn't mean I'm going to consider it. You know, you can give me something updated too. Right. If you want to give me a All playoff right. edge cheering, you know, I'm I'm cool with it. All right, fair. So not hooked yeah. on a feeling. You know, I've always been going with Adam. I got a feeling. We also got a in uh, right now live from our guy Sussmania, Greg Sussman, hitting me up with another feeling one. What about it's more than a feeling? Uh, yeah, the based on the old Boston song, like more than a more yeah. than a feeling. Yeah, I, yeah, I could have seen that. I mean, I like that song better, but still, it doesn't just quite my uh, right. quite quite hit my top five. It just misses. Just the other ones are just better to me. All right. Fair enough. I mean, Adam Thielen has been used a lot. Uh, so let's move on. John Beardsley, who's hit us up before, okay? John Beardsley gave us things like Russian Fournette. John Beardsley gave us things like air on the side of caution for Aaron Rodgers. He tries it again with uh, Giants wide receiver pun. We're talking about Sterling Shepard here. What about a piece of Shepard's pie, Scott? I love Shepard's pie. Okay. And if he threw some bacon in it, uh, nice. you know, he might have... He might have a better shot, but it's not clever enough for me. Not making the as, top as, five. As much as it makes me hungry, and I'll right. probably go out to an Irish restaurant this this afternoon the because of it. Okay. Thank you, John, okay. Be- John Beasley. Uh, it doesn't quite make the top six. Fair enough. You can have any Irish coffee with that breakfast, Scotty. No. Okay, fair and enough. Shepherd's Let's pie is not, not for breakfast. All right, fair enough. Let's go to another one. Have you ever, have you ever had shepherd's pie? 
I have had shepherd's pie. I have had yeah. shepherd's pie. Um, listen, there have been times where in my apartment building in the Bronx when I was growing up, like this 11-story building, the entire lobby would smell like corned beef and cabbage. You know what I mean? So I'm familiar with some of the, uh, some of the cuisine from that culture, shall we say. Next up, Scotty, we got Scott Swanson with a uh, nomination. Scott Swanson has a nomination that uh, has, again, two football players' names and also likes to uh, have a play on a uh, a fun childhood game. What do you feel about Hyde and Tyreek? Like Hyde and Seek, but Carlos Hyde and Tyreek Hill. Hyde and Tyreek from Scott Swanson. It's, it's okay. It's 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 not the most clever thing I've seen, and it's not the worst. Uh, uh, it's not, not in the top five, though. No, no, not in the top five. Okay, fair enough. No. We then have two. We have two nominees, which reference the stud rookie for the Giants this year, the number two overall pick, who will have, listen, Scotty, also on Thursday, it's a battle of the number one overall and number two overall picks as the Cleveland Browns face the Giants. Baker Mayfield and Saquon Barkley will be making their NFL debuts. Nice. we got two names with Saquon Barkley. Tell me what you think about this. One is like our national anthem. Oh, Saquon, you see. And another one is, listen, for guys that talk too much smack, they might be all Barkley, no bite. Which one you like better as it relates to Saquon Barkley? Or Barkley, no bite is clever. Doesn't make okay. you chuckle enough. Okay. Bryson's probably our best uh, our best overall team name writer so far, though. So, so far, yeah. We got to uh, get Tyler Bryson in the poll. I, I have to. I have to. I have to. Maybe we can get at the end of this, like, Taylor Bryson's, like, top ten or something right. like that. Maybe but, just oh, for oh, Taylor. Oh, Saquon, you, you see, uh, it knocks a Taylor Bryson, one out of the top five. In fact, I like it so much, Ooh. I elevated it to, to number three. Oh, Saquon, you see, that is clever. That is, that, is, that is very clever and well done. And it's, you know, sometimes people overthink these things, and, and uh, Jeff didn't overthink it. All right, so there we go. We got Osaquan UC in your new t- in making it the top five for the king. The last top one also three. teenage, even into the top three. There you go. Even the, the last one also from our guy Taylor Bryson, who is really trying to make sure he gets a Roto Experts exclusive edge uh, in season package. My man wants a phone call from you, Scotty. Um, listen, Blake Bortles, the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback. I always say Bortles service because he likes to serve it up to his opponents. What do you think about Teenage Mutant Ninja Bortles? I like it. It's clever. Uh, the reference is, is obvious, but it just doesn't sure. crack the top five. Does not crack his top five. So out of today, however, the National Anthem. And I think that's interesting too, Scotty, with all the National Anthem buzz around the NFL to have something that has a little bit of a National Anthem twinge to it as well. So Taylor Bryson maintains himself in the top five, in the top three, with two of your top three now, Scotty. Okay, Taylor Bryson is is responsible for two of your top three Oh, Saquon, you see, and carry on my wayward son. I like a lot of the same ones. I have Jimmy G-Spot, my Ingram toenail hurts, carry on my wayward son, also in my top five. But my number one still comes from Jim Martell. We're talking about the uh, Jaguars running backs. Me and my girl, every now and then, we like to do a little for Netflix and chill. And that's what his team name is, Jim Martell, giving us for Netflix and chill. I like that one a lot. But guys, remember, hit us up on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds. At Scotty Roto X. Hit us up on the show. All right. Um, you can call us at 844 843 
seven nine and you could also you know however you want to get to us during the show as a response to a poll whatever the case may be we've got another last minute submission from our guy um hey Bavone, is this also from our guy susmania the other ones that we got here Ooh, we get Bavona in here as well. The Manimal down there on the Fantasy Pit of Misery. Dilly dilly to him and everybody down there. Chrissy Bones and everybody getting ready for Carton and Friends in the morning. Let me know what you think about this one, Scotty. What do you think about I'm a Kittle Teapot? Like Little Teapot Short and Stout. Um, my Kittle Teapot. That, that sounds like one of those ones where you were thinking and trying, trying too hard for a little long and it just missed the mark. Oh, Bavona, you just missed the mark because that came directly from our guy, the manimal, Chris Bavona. What I will say this, though, Scotty, is uh, we should let our guy, Chris Bavona, and all the producers, they should be able to do their top five as well. You know, and let, I think their insight and opinion should be relevant for us when we go ahead and make this poll over the Labor Day weekend. So, uh, Bavona, if you're listening, you have a column. On our spreadsheet, okay? You're able to also form your top five. Uh, and also, you know, if our guys like JP, the Night Owl, or anybody else fills in for us, you can also have a top five, and then we'll kind of think of them in total totality when we form a poll a little bit later on this summer. We, what does look likely is that Taylor Bryson will be in contention for a Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football package. Don't forget to enter the... Uh, Promo code the king at checkout. All right, uh, Scotty, here's one thing I also want to tell people that, remember, we got that poll question up. Right now, people still think it 49% Joe Flacco is the guy who's going to hold off the rookie for the longest, followed by Tyrod Taylor at 26%, Sam Bradford at 19 and 6% say uh, Josh McCown. What this means, the inverse of it is that most people believe Sam Darnold will be the quarterback that maybe gets a start under center the quickest out of the rookies this year. Scotty, one other thing thing I wanted to mention to you we didn't ask we didn't talk about it on Monday and uh, I'm reminded of it because I heard that commercial I heard the fantasy executive talking about Ray Lewis's speech Um, you know Ray Lewis talked for like 35 minutes Ray Lewis was the first guy to not be at the podium he had like one of those like wireless mics like he was giving a TED talk all of a sudden Ray Lewis is like a pastor over here and I don't you know like we heard in the commercial I don't mind you know anybody has whatever relationship with God that they want here's the part that I thought was very very interesting I don't know if you saw this part of the speech uh, Scotty one of the things Ray Lewis said though he was talking about his kids he was talking about his family and they took a shot a camera shot over to like you know his, I looked like three daughters, two sons. His two sons, both, one of them looked like he was kind of like an older teenager, one maybe a younger teenager. You know, I don't know exactly, maybe 17 and 14 they looked like, right? And Ray Lewis, at one point of his speech, said, uh, you know, that he has so much love for his family and all this stuff, you know, trying to be inspirational, all that good stuff. And he said, that's why he still kisses his uh, teenage sons on the mouth. So I want to ask you, Scotty, do you kiss your son on the mouth? No. You don't? Uh, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? Is that what, what, what do you think that is? You think that's a cultural thing? You think that's a generational thing? Because, uh, you know, it's funny. He's talking about how he kisses his sons on the mouth. They're still teenagers. And then right away, the camera cuts to the kids. And they're like, nah, man. Nah, that ain't me. That ain't me. They're trying to be cool. I know in some, you know, cultures and all, it's still cool. You know, you kiss your kids on the lips. What do you think? But, but, but you, you don't go that way? You and Sean, you've never, uh, you've never kissed on the lips? No. It, Even not, when not, he was like three not, years old? When no, he was like not, two, three not, years old? Nope, not some, not something that we, <laughs> you know, that I was raised with. Or we, 
I, I, I don't know anybody like that, to be honest with you. Hey, I, I mean, I'm not strange. judging the man. Will, I'm not judging I will, him. I will say this. Out there. I will, yeah, I think you are a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I will say this about Ray Lewis. You know, when you hear people like Corey talk about him, he's a clown and stuff like that. You know what? Right. Ray Lewis is a genuinely happy guy. That's why I like Ray Lewis. You know, we, you see him in interviews. The guy is happy. You know, he's he's in touch with God. He, he enjoys his life. Uh, I, I can't hate on somebody who's just genuinely happy. When he did his dance, like uh, right. when he, before he went out on the field, I got a good laugh and a kick out of that. You know what? It, uh, so many so many people you know, just just are like. You, they wish they could be that happy, and I think I think they're unnecessarily hating on Ray Lewis. I, I I would I would love to be as happy as Ray Lewis is in his life. When 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 he was getting interviewed at the Hall of Fame game, I said that's a genuinely happy guy. You know, I I said said to myself, I said, you know what? I hope my faith in God can make me that happy one day. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, you know, it's also it's easy to be happy and have faith in God when you get charged with murder and you beat the charge. You know, that also helps. That also helps you being a, a happy there person. There goes the hating. I'm not hating it. That helps. Listen, that helps you be a happy person. Anybody who had, is facing that and is still able to walk this free earth and kiss their kids on the mouth should be happy. You know, that's, when, that's when people are up, happy. everybody's got to bring them down, and you just did that again. <laughs> I'm just saying, come on. It's Scotty. our society. People are not allowed to be happy. That is in his past. We will see. What I did think was also cool is a lot of the a lot of the players in their speech were referencing other great players that they played with and talk about how they'll be up there one day. Ray Lewis talking about Ed Reed, Brian Urlacher talking about um, you know Lance Briggs who was next to him the whole time and kind of giving uh, giving praise to other teammates. You know uh, Urlacher even talking about his center, his longtime center Olin Krutz, who is in fact I believe like living a double life. Oh, that guy. Like was he like a CIA was, agent? Also, yeah, he was he was he was a great center, a great run block. And the final thing I'll say about Ray Lewis is, you know, if Sean Lee did that dance, Corey be doing <laughs> it every every day before he went in the studio. <laughs> it's possible. Speaking of the fantasy executive and Corey Parsons, he's up next with our guy Carton for Carton and Friends tomorrow. We're gonna start breaking down some preseason games. Okay?